This is your life, God's truth, your QFM. It's Phil, and it is my honor to have uh, Senator Paul Gazelka, former Senate Majority Leader. And do, can we do we still call you Senator, or how does this work now? Paul? I'm a Senator through the rest of this year. Yeah, and okay. I, I think I might even technically be the Majority Leader till the full Senate votes when we go back into session. There you go. Well, see, good to clear that up. Good to see you and your wife, Mary Lee. Got to say hi to you real quick as well. How are you? I'm doing well. Yes. How are you doing? Good, good. good. You guys are traveling up here. I went to church in Bemidji this morning, yes, I heard. Yes, we did. So. Just enjoyed a service with yeah. Pinstrike Community Church. Mm, that's awesome. Very cool. And we're glad, so glad to see you. We're recording this on Sunday afternoon. Let's start there, Paul. Everybody knows you are running for governor in the state of Minnesota. We want to dive into that, but uh, even first and foremost, you are a believer in Jesus, and uh, I, that's really been a motivation for you from the get-go, hasn't it? Yeah, my my whole life, certainly as an adult, uh, you know, I, I really committed my life to Jesus uh, in my late teens, and uh, my whole life I've really wanted to please Him, uh, even as a business owner, in government, uh, as a husband, as a father, you know, just... It really is the center of my life, and uh, I think it makes a difference yeah. in everything I do. Yeah, it's made a difference in how you govern, for sure. So you feel uh, led by the Lord to do what you're doing, and it's no small thing, I'm assuming. Yeah, I mean, every step of the way, even be becoming leader of the Senate, uh, that you know was a really important position. That was really the like the second highest position in all of Minnesota, the governor being number one. Yeah. And decided to run for governor, I, I mean, I just... Uh, I. I, I feel strongly that uh, Tim Walls has really gotten us off the rails, and that's why I'm, I'm getting into the race. So are a bunch of other Republicans. You know, we started with six, it's one dropped crowded. out, and I think two more just got in. So, you know, but I would say, you know, like some of the key benchmarks we've done really well at. We, we announced uh, September 8th, you have to raise a lot of money, and it's not big dollars. It's $4,000 or less. You know, so you can't raise 100000 from anybody. Okay. And by the end of the year, we had over 500000 raised, a half a million dollars. And so we're, we're off to a good start. And then the other big benchmark was in mid-December, the, the highest-ranking Republican delegates met. They call it State Central. Yep. And who do they think should be the Republican nominee? And almost two to one, I won over Michelle Benson. She took second. Scott Jensen took third, and then the rest were below that. So yeah. that's a good start. And so now I'm the front runner. So in every forum I seem to go at now, I'm, I'm the one that they take all the pot shots at. <laughs> well, there you go. And, of course, coming up now, we've got caucuses. This is grassroots political activity going on in the state of Minnesota, probably all other states. Uh, what does that mean for you? Yeah, so that is February 1st. Uh, Republicans, Democrats, they go to local meetings around the state called BPOUs, yeah. Basic Political Organizing Units. And that's where they have an opportunity to be a delegate. And Republicans that want to support me, I'm asking you to be a delegate. And those delegates on February 1st uh, will be the group that eventually decides who the governor candidate is for the Republicans. On the Republican side, if you're not endorsed, you do not go any farther. It just doesn't yeah. happen. Democrat side, it doesn't seem to matter. So February 1st, uh, uh, around the state, people can go to their local, it's usually a local church, a school, whatever, uh, and they can check with us at gazelka.com. We'll help okay. them find their place, or they can even look at the Secretary of State to find out where their location is. But it is 
the people that show up that actually get to pick who the governor candidate is. Yep, and I've done it many times going to these caucuses. It is interesting. And, you know, there's people listening that if you want to get involved, this is the place to start, isn't it? Yeah, and it's February 1st, and it, it's not yeah. easy. You, you go through all kinds of different issues. What do you want your party to believe in? Right. What what should be the call it the platform? Yep. You know, Republicans over the many years have said, we want to be for pro-life. We want to defend the Second Amendment. We want uh, lower uh, lower taxes. We want limited government. I mean, so that's those are the decisions that are made by the delegates. Yeah. And so that's what's happening February 1st. That's a Tuesday night. Yeah. And I'm just encouraging everybody, this is the year that people really, if you've never been involved, now is the time. People can feel the shift in our culture, the shift in our state. That's right. Lawlessness is way up. The closer you get to Minneapolis and St. Paul, St. Paul has the highest murder rate they've ever had. I think Minneapolis is tied for it. They had over 400 carjackings in Minneapolis in that last yeah. year. And it's like there's no way to stop the criminal with uh, our, our present governor and, and present leadership. Uh, the police are not allowed. They, they are not allowed to arrest them for minor, minor traffic violations. When they bring a, somebody that they catch into the, the system, they're often just released and so they now know that they don't. There's no consequences, and so yeah. it's really it, it's hard to explain. You know, being up in Bemidji here, and you know, we're in the Brainerd yeah. area. It doesn't. You don't really feel it. That's and right. You get into the Twin That's Cities, right. and it's like this has changed. Yeah. And people are looking for somebody else that will will declare a war on crime. And yeah. that's what I'm going to do. You know, we have some interesting challenges in the state. Uh, first of all, we're the only legislature that's divided yeah. of all the states. And I'm yep. going to ask you in a second why you think that is. But I I think this will lead into it. We also have this really strange situation of the blue dot, the metro area, compared to the rest of Minnesota. Yeah. And I'm assuming that's why we have a divided legislature Paul, you've been in in office now, in high office as majority leader. You've seen this whole situation we have in Minnesota. How can we deal with that in, in a, such a way that conservative values could kind of win the day? Yeah, well, somebody has to bring our state together. Tim Walls said it was one Minnesota, but I've never seen us more divided <sighs> exactly. ever than we are right now. But even nationally, yeah. though, too, it's yeah. trickling into Minnesota. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. So a couple things. First of all, that we're the only divided legislature because the Republican Senate, which I lead, was not supposed to win. And I keep telling people, we know how to win, and which mm. is what I would say, me running for governor. I know how to win in a state where we're not supposed to win. But we have to bring the state together. And, and clearly, Minneapolis and St. Paul is different from the suburbs, which is different from outstate Minnesota. I'm outstate Minnesota. Everywhere I go, they're still flying Trump flags. Yeah. If you get into St. Paul, Minneapolis, they never flew Trump flags. And oh, so, and if you mention his name, yes. you're likely to get a punch in the face. <laughs> yeah, you're right. And so, you know. But I've been working for five years as leader to be leader of the whole state, even though I represented the Brainerd area. So I've been spending a lot of time with, with black and Latino pastors, the Hmong community, the India community. How do we build bridges where we agree? And those that agree with you know, family structure and, and not wanting to defund the police and wanting a decent education for their kids. And uh, some of those things, if we can find common ground, then we can come together. And so I, I'm, that's one way that I'm doing it. And you know, as far as winning the state... I've been reaching out to the blue-collar workers uh, on the Iron Range where I'm from. 
the two Democrat senators up yeah. there, they now align with me and with the, the Senate Republicans. Yeah, and that was big. Yeah, it was huge. And yeah. we were up there last night, so we're traveling around. We were there last <laughs> night. A full house of meeting that were the people were coming to a Republican event. Wow. Well, I lived there, you know, and, and up until even five years ago, you wouldn't have seen a group half that size there. And so there's a shift and people are fighting for the culture of America that we all know yeah. that somehow seems to be slipping away. I mean, in in your school systems, when they only teach about America's flaws and the kids graduate and they don't know their kids, you know, they're citizens of the greatest country in the world because they didn't talk about all of our triumphs, that's something we can do. That's something I will do as governor. Yeah. There's no way I'm going to let them change our history standards to not talk about some of the good things of America, too. If you don't mind, let's take two minutes and talk about that, because the American Center uh, Center for the American Experiment here in Minnesota, great group, yeah. they've been working on that hard, and there's some dates coming up, you know, the final review of the new social studies curriculum. But in the last legislative session, wasn't there some sort of an agreement that that actually can't yeah. happen for a couple of years? Can you set us straight on that? Yeah, so we see it coming, and they want yeah. to do it, and we don't want it to happen. And so we delayed the implementation at the state level till after this next election. Okay. Uh, as governor, I can say we're not moving forward. I'm stopping that. But if Tim Walls con- uh, continues to be the governor, they fully intend to implement that statewide. And many uh, uh, parents and their kids have seen it in the school systems that why are you teaching that? Yeah. Why are you, you know, and, and especially through COVID when people had to learn, kids had to learn at home, parents began to see the curriculum and they said, what in the world is going on? So it's still happening locally, but they want to do it statewide. Yeah. And so far we delayed it, but frankly, I want to end it. Yeah. Well, I know there's people aware of it and still working on it, trying to stop it even in the formation. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know if there's any stopping it. You know, you've got this panel working on it and, you know, I don't know. So. As governor, I have the ability to stop okay. it. Okay. It still is a fight at the local level unless we pass legislation uh, that that uh, puts more boundaries on what they can teach, which I think is a good idea. Yeah. Some states have done that where you have to talk. Uh, more positively about our founding and some of the the many triumphs that have happened through the years. And I think our kids really need that. Uh, one person had told me that when when somebody asked them, uh, the, a person, about George Washington, their, res- their response was, oh, he was that slave owner. In other words, they yeah. didn't oh, know, know anything about the greatness of George Washington other than he was a slave owner in a world where slavery was over the entire world. America is one of the first places to end slavery. Yes, it was a amen. terrible thing, but we ended it as yeah. well. And that's that's the lesson. We saw the flaw and we changed it. That's the America yeah. I know. Yeah, absolutely. There's been a lot of log jam in St. Paul over the years. And again, this divided legislature. Yeah. So in some ways, a lot of things just don't ever happen. They don't get done. Uh, and then there's negative things that happen once in a while, depending on who's in power. Yeah. But let's say you were to be governor. You know, we really need to get all three branches. Is, yes. Isn't that just a fact? Yeah, and we haven't had House Senate governor in over 50 years. I'm talking about Republicans. Democrats have had years. all Yeah, over 50. Wow. And Democrats have had it a number of times. And when it's divided government uh, – People should be happy that it's not all the other way, right. because in divided government, I stopped all the tax increases that they wanted the last five years. 
I protected life. Uh, they didn't do anything to take away our Second Amendment rights. Yeah. Um, we protected small businesses. We protected the police from being defunded. So there's a benefit of, of uh, divided, but let's say I'm governor and I win one of the, the House or Senate, then they'll do the same thing to me. They'll stop everything. As governor, if we have all three, I will absolutely get voter ID for voting done. People want to make sure their elections are secure. I would ask the legislative branch to, to create a pot of money to do, do ongoing election audits so we know that, that it's secure. Everybody wants to know. I'll make sure that no future governor ever abuses emergency powers like Tim yeah. Walz did. And a lot of governors did misuse that. I'm just saying nobody should ever be allowed to have them for uh, over a year. should be 30 days or seven days or something like that. I will make sure we have a multi-billion dollar tax relief. Uh, one of those things will be ending the tax on Social Security income. We're one of a few states mm, that right. still taxes yeah. Social Security income. But that's not just a, that's a that's a, a sure promise. We have a we have over ten billion dollars that is sitting there, seven point seven billion of surplus, uh, more than two billion dollars in reserves, more than a billion dollars we didn't fend, spend in federal stimulus. I want that to go back to the people, but not in a one-time check. Right, ongoing permanent tax decrease. We're in the top five tax states in the country. I want to get out of the top ten. We can do that with the resources we have right now. Tim Walls is going to say it's because of him we have this surplus, mm-hmm. and it'll be a big campaign mark for him. Why is that not true? So first of all, with all of the uh, um, federal stimulus money, three different bills that they gave us and they spent money they don't have, but an extra $20 billion came into Minnesota and that is of, is going to be spent, and that's going to mean more taxes. So more taxes came in. Uh, in addition to that, there were less kids that went to public school because they were very frustrated. Yeah. They went to parochial schools and other places. That meant there was less spending than projected. On education. And, and yep. so that's, that's, I think, the biggest part of it. I am concerned not so much about 2022, but about 2023 and 2024, when when the consequences of, of excessive that's spending right. come to us, mm. that's when I see it happen. But the chickens Walls, come home yeah, to roost. Yeah, Tim Walls <laughs> does not deserve the credit. He actually tried to do many anti-small business mandates. Uh, he shut down the small businesses. He fined them $10,000 when they were trying to operate. Um, he worked with the attorney general and made it very, very difficult for them but then many of the, the taxes and regulation are why many businesses have, have left Minnesota. Others are contemplating leaving. Yeah. That's because of Tim Walls, how, how he handles that. Uh, I want to help small businesses. If they approach me, I'm going to do everything I can to help them be successful. Uh, a small business owner or big business owner right now feels like they have so many loops, uh, hoops they have to jump through that it's, it's extremely difficult. And so Minnesota's not helping them. Just one example, I was in southwest Minnesota. There's a, it's called True Shrimp. They figured out how to produce shrimp in a very efficient way. Mm. And so they decided to expand. So they were in Marshall. They were going to expand to Laverne. It was so difficult working with the state of Minnesota and the MPCA that they went over to Madison, South Dakota, and almost immediately set up their next uh, expansion. That's what has to change. Yeah. So I'll, I'll be the governor that helps that way. We have this <clears throat> dangerous 
progressivism happening across this country. You see the AOCs of the world and, you know, New York and so forth. But it's here, too. Oh, yeah. You know, with Ilhan Omar, et cetera, in the cities, things like, you know, free college and basic income to families. Even the mayor, Melvin Carter, has been starting to do that, putting money in in accounts for children's education when they're born. Yeah. You know, are you worried about that? I mean, again, that's it seems like a metro thing. Well, you know, yeah. It's exasperating this difference between rural and metro, yeah. isn't it? Let me hit Melvin Carter because, uh, you know, I've had dinner with him. We try to build uh, a friendship and a relationship, but I challenge him when he starts yeah. giving away free money. And then he said, we're safe here. I said, you're not safe here. You just had the highest murder rates in the, yeah. in the you ever have had. And instead of funding the police, you're giving free money away to people. And they don't have enough police. They're down at least oh, 100 yeah. police officers. And where are they going to find them? Yeah. You know. And they're going to have to pay them more. And they got to start appreciating them more. But when you're putting those valuable resources into places that... That sounds nice, but what is the highest priority is public safety for everyone, and that means more police. Yeah. And so, there some of their steps are, you know, even our uh, some of the liberal prosecutors now. They in Hennepin County and Ramsey County, the county attorney said, if you police officer, if you pull over somebody for for a minor traffic violation, and you find anything else, we're not going to prosecute. So now the police are letting people go with all the low-level offenses, and it only just riot, it increases the number of high-level offenses yeah. because they know what they can get away with. And that's liberal progressive ideas that don't work. Hmm. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of problems in Minnesota, and you do see people uh, looking across to South Dakota and North Dakota, especially South Dakota. Look at yeah. Christy Noem. I'm sure you know her. I do know her. You know, And it's just like, Wow. How can we not do that? Yeah. But, you know, they don't have like a Minneapolis-St. Paul bright blue dot in that state, really, I suppose. But, you know, and they don't have a lot of people total. But, you know, more people saying, why can't we do what she's doing? Well, she's there. doing a great job. And, and But I would say just look to Wisconsin for okay. uh, eight years. They had complete Republican control, first time in a long time. Yeah. And then recently, uh, they have a Democrat governor that barely won, but they still have the House and Senate. So he tried to do the same things Tim Walls did, but their courts that were appointed by Republican uh, governors, governor, said he couldn't do it. He couldn't shut mm. down the businesses. Okay. He couldn't have a mask mandate. And now we can look at a couple things. Um, in that eight-year period, so now, now there's a, a study that showed best places to retire. Well, Minnesota was 49th out of 50. Not so wow. good. Wisconsin, almost exactly the same. They have northern state, urban versus uh, rural. Yep, yep. They're number 14 mm. best place to retire. So there's, there, there's a big difference depending on who's going to govern. And I, you know, I see the problems we have with education, uh, certainly with our economy, with public safety, and there are solutions, and we're going to push towards those, those solutions. I do believe we see them correctly, and we can turn those around, and that'll bring more prosperity and more safety and more opportunity, yeah. not just to Minneapolis and St. Paul, but to the entire state. Yeah, we could go all day on things even like the university system, University of Minnesota, which to me, it, I would never send my kid to that school. You know, I mean, it just seems like it's a wasteland now of, of the things being taught. Maybe I'm wrong, but... You know, it's a big entity in the state, yeah. isn't it? The University of Minnesota. Yeah, you know, they need to be successful. That's the the biggest college system of the state. Yeah. If they're not successful, then our kids are going to go somewhere else. And if they go somewhere else, they usually don't come back to Minnesota. And yeah. we already have a workforce shortage, so we need our 
our local kids to stay here. And certainly, we, we I challenged their leader. I'll, I'll leave her name unnamed. Uh, and each leader that they've had over the last five years is leader. And I, and I often ask, what are you doing to make sure that both sides of the political spectrum yes. are presented? Because right now, that's not the case. It's almost completely a liberal agenda, and very few voices that, that have a conservative point of view get to speak there, which is part of the reason a lot of uh, our kids go to some of the, the private Christian colleges mm-hmm. in Minnesota, mm-hmm. Northwestern or that's North right. Central or Bethel, uh, St. Thomas. I yeah. mean, you know, we sent some of our kids down to Oral Roberts University, mm-hmm. but because people want some conservative thought while they're learning business, while they're learning yeah. nursing. And so I keep working All on right. that one. Keep working on it. Two more things, and I know i got to let you go. I think Roe versus Wade is going to be overturned this year, and that means it goes probably back to the states. Yes. Could Minnesota become, you know, a pro-life state? I know we've got big, you know, abortion mills down in the Twin Cities, that kind of thing. W- what do you think, you know, as you look so at that? So I—, I I've been praying for Roe v. Wade to be overturned. Yeah. Uh, I think that, and I do think the possibility is there. If that happens, it turns it over to the states. And Minnesota long ago passed, uh, or the courts ruled, Doe versus Gomez, which is basically Roe v. Wade in Minnesota. I, that's a bad a And bad so one. we actually have to get to a place where our judges in Minnesota would be willing to overturn our our pro-abortion um position that's very that's what's very frustrating about minnesota okay as governor i intend to pick very very good judges that understand the value of, of uh, human life from, from conception to natural death uh, in the meantime we've been working on you know a parent's right to know that there there has to be legislation or, or language that a parent should know if their daughter is pregnant a woman's right to know she has to know what's in the womb if she requests yeah. it we passed a legislation for positive alternative act, showing uh, that there's a way to bring your baby, and if it's adoption or or you're going to keep the baby, we're going to help you. There's resources for you. Well, those are all law that we've done since okay. I've been a legislator. What we're trying to still pass is ending taxpayer-funded abortions. We've done that a number of times in Minnesota. I think if the courts uh, saw that in Minnesota with the present court makeup, they'd probably throw that one out but i still want to try right yeah yeah. but but this is such an important cause that we should never give up and the fact that it looks like roe v wade will be overturned or very well could uh, says that we're making progress it's just been a long long fight yeah and now the fact that you know you running for governor that that's a huge campaign issue just like for president appointing supreme court justices it's going to be an issue for the next governor uh, being involved with Minnesota Supreme Court justices, right? Yeah, I think so. And you know, the, <clears throat> I know the, there's elections there. Yeah, but. and we well, yes and no. I mean, we, we yeah. the, typically the governor appoints the uh, Supreme Court judge. Typically, they retire before their term. Uh, but there's never been a Supreme Court uh, justice that has run for re-election that hasn't won. Yeah, it's kind exactly. of a weird. The incumbents setup. always win. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I, it's. I mean, all the time for them, right? Yeah. So, but I, I do think picking good judges is really important, and not just on life. It's it's understanding economics right. and and uh, taxation, and frankly, even the legislative branch. Uh, in 2017. Uh, Dayton, Governor Dayton then defunded the legislative branch. That was me and Speaker Kurt Dowd. He didn't like the what, the what we had done and literally defunded us. And I thought that clearly is unconstitutional. But our present makeup of the courts never ruled on that. They kept mm. kicking it down the road. 
And it was like, this seemed clear to me, a separation of powers issue. But that's why you need to make sure you have judges that really understand the law. Yeah. You have, last question, you've been in a position over the last number of years as majority leader that's been difficult. It's been, it's come down to you and the governor and the house leader. And yeah. it's usually two against one. Right. Especially over the last, what, four years? Five sure. years, yeah. Who Five keeps years. track? Yeah. <laughs> and, and so, you know, there are people that have been frustrated, yeah. okay, on probably both sides, but even on your side. And about the only thing I ever hear in criticism of you, yeah. and you've probably heard this as well, is he's not a strong enough negotiator or he's just not tough enough, okay? Uh, how do you respond to that? I would say anybody, most everyone near the capitals would say that I have done an amazing job being two against one and never raising taxes always defecting, defending the Second Amendment, defending life, small business owner, the ag community, the police. Uh, the, it, it's extremely difficult. Three years ago, the governor, uh, Tim Walsey, was brand new. He wanted to raise taxes $12 billion, including a 20-cent gas tax, and he got none of it. He got absolutely none of it. And in the end, we got the first middle-class income tax cut. We got ag property tax relief, small business property tax relief. And people said that we schooled him. Hmm. Uh, and a lot of that was done done behind closed doors because he thought he'd be able to do it really well. But uh, what I would say this last year is he ha- he was much more experienced. And this last year, it wasn't done mostly between the governor of the House or me and, and the speaker. Most of it was done between, between the leader of the uh, chair of, of human Sever- Health and Human Services yeah. with the Democrat in the House. I did very little of it. I just made sure we got the billion-dollar tax relief we wanted, and I made sure that uh, they didn't destroy our, our private health insurance market for government-run health care. But, but you don't get everything you want in divided yeah. government. And, and some people said, well, just shut down the government. Just <laughs> shut it down. And, I mean, I hear that from a number of my candidates running for governor, and it, it really speaks to their, their ignorance, frankly. Sure. And, and, and what I would say is in 2017 – the courts, when they when the, when Dayton defunded us, they didn't solve that, but they said it's they're not going to pay for state government in a shutdown. Under Dayton and under Plenty, they paid for eighty percent of government during the shutdown. So now they wouldn't they wouldn't fund the highway patrol. So Republicans would be responsible for defunding the police. Right. They wouldn't have paid for uh, veterans nursing homes or regular nursing homes or just. All of the things that people need services from the state, there would have been none. And so yeah. I, I couldn't go that far. And so in the end, for example, we wanted voter ID and we wanted reform of provisional ballots. Democrats in the House wanted felons to vote earlier and they wanted driver's license for illegal immigrants. Well, all of that fell off to the side and we just passed a basic budget. Yeah. I mean, that, that's what happens. But the fact that we can do that when the federal government doesn't seem to be able to do it all. I mean, yeah, oh, in Minnesota, exactly. you either raise taxes or you cut spending. You don't get to print new money, which is what yep. they do at the federal government. We had to, as divided government, we had to figure out how to make it work. And, and we did. Not perfect. I don't like uh, having to settle. I don't like to have to compromise. That's why I want House, Senate, Governor, <sighs> so we can actually do some amazing things we need that so bad we really do but thank the lord you were there paul and i just want people to understand you know just how crazy that situation must have been i can only imagine those meetings that you were really forced into uh, having to try to resolve some of these issues it's it's tremendous pressure i mean back in 2018 
there was a strong push to uh, water down the Second Amendment. We had two Republican senators that actually co-authored bills with the Democrats to change the Second Amendment. And keep in mind, I had a one-vote majority. Yeah. So the negotiating around those things and maneuvering and uh, figuring out a way to actually hold the line on core Republican principles with a one-vote majority, uh, people should be very thankful for the outcome. I mean, I'm actually very proud of what we did, considering it was two-to-one with an attorney general that would back up the Democrats, with courts that were mostly appointed by Democrats, with a secretary of state that was a Democrat. I mean, we we held the line. Yeah. But running for governor means we take our state back. That's why I'm running for governor. I've yeah. raised a lot of money. I'm building the coalitions that you need to win. You know, getting range Democrats to support me or building, building support in Minneapolis and St. Paul, getting blue-collar union folks to help me. That's how we win. And by winning and taking, winning means we take our state back. Mm. Paul Gazelka, so good to see you and uh, best of luck to you. Thanks, It's going to be quite a year, isn't it? I can't wait. <laughs> Merrily, good to see you as well. Oh, it's good to see you yeah. too. Thank you so much. All right. And you know what? As this uh, radio station, you know, we trust in the Lord. He is our foundation. And one of the things you can do is pray. So continue to pray for our state. Pray for Paul and his family, Merrily, and so forth. And uh, it's just, it's not that extra thing. It is and a very important thing to do. So keep that in mind. Uh, again, the caucuses, February 1st. February 1st. And if you want help from us, go to gazelka.com. We'd love to have you with us. Okay, gazelka.com. There you go. This is your life, God's truth, your QFM.